Um, so I, I'm going to throw you under the bus here, John, because I was just telling Chase mm-hmm. that I think you are the most consistent late arrival to the podcast. I think it's every time. Fashionably so. Or at least I come. At least I come in the first place, right? That's true. I know the struggle you go through, like, trying to get people to come on to the podcast. Don't even give me that. <laughs> at least I come on at all. It's true, but it's always it's always fun to be like, well, I just kind of expected him to, something's going wrong, you know, phone's dead or something weird or, you know. It's always something, which is, which is why it was. I'm wrong is I'm irresponsible. That's that's what's wrong. Yeah, say that. He'd say that, but don't say that. One likes a little irresponsibility. Yeah. This is the experience podcast with me and someone else. Now, which someone else is going first this time? Yeah, great. I mean, I guess I'll go. I'm Chase. I'm back. Thank you, Chase, for participating in the podcast. Um, I'm John Roberts. Oh. I'm the second member. This concludes the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> All right, folks. That's it. That was a banger. <laughs> All right, roll credits. Hell yeah. Uh, so what's going on? Anything, anything big? Anything super important going on? Oh, John, you can go for yourself. Uh, not too much. Just a bunch of tests. That kind of thing, you know. Test for what? Oh, uh, med school. Med um, school. To, ah, damn, dude. I'm trying to keep up, though. It's tough. It's really tough. Buena suerte. I mean, yeah. that is that is just, that's brutal. Yeah. And it's getting harder now, from what I understand, right? What's that? It's gotten harder over the past 10 years, from what I understand. Uh, yeah, I've heard it's become more competitive, like trying to get into a residency, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. I um, I haven't got all too much happening on my end here. It's kind of number of different side things going on here and there. Yeah, I mean. Oh. Oh, and John's gone. He didn't want to. And he's DC. Well, welcome to the Technical Difficulties Podcast with somebody else. Occasionally when his ghost appears. Um, so, so Chase, you don't have medical school going on because I guess you're not as impressive as John, but you are more consistent on the podcast. Um, so. Nothing else huge. I mean, I'll stop bearing the lead here. You, uh, the last time you were on the show, we we dug pretty deep into your past, and and I, I sent you some responses, but but that was a really well received episode. Um, uh, I'm glad to hear. Uh, people, I think, you know, people who uh, who had kind of rel- known you relatively well, or you know, knew knew about you for a number of years. Sort of got to learn a lot more about you. And we're not going to repeat that, I don't think, unless that's really something you want to cover. But I think we 
We covered everything. Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel like we we touched on all the lowlights last podcast, so I don't want to I don't want to darken yeah. the mood of this one. <laughs> I mean, this will be a more cheerful thing. So, what do you have? Let's look. Let's look toward the future. What's going on? Oh my God, so much. Um, I don't know. For me, uh, you know, just continuing to get healthy. Um, I've got a number of, like I said, pet things I'm working on in, you know, fitness, a little bit of physics. You know, I'm getting back into that. It's been a few years because, you know, analytics really just wasn't doing it for me. It wasn't scratching the itch. Um, it's just going to be a kind of a mixed bag. You know, I'm kind of playing around with some things, you know, especially in like the quantum area. Um, but right now it's just a whole bunch of ideas floating in my head and, um, you know, trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And from what I understand, a lot of people, I feel a lot of people right now are kind of in this, either you're, you're in this locked in, you know, I've got my job, I've got my plan, or, you know, you're kind of in this transition. Um, I know a lot of people who are kind of in the meat grinder right now, we're kind of like I said, in this transition period, whether jobs, career, houses, relationships, et cetera. So uh, I feel like I'm in that transition period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So what, what do you, I mean, we, we talked about kind of where you, you're not, I think you're not completely satisfied in your current position. So where do you see yourself going in the future? Well, I think, honestly, it's going to be something in physics, but it's, hmm. I don't know, it's something outside the box, I think, because I've just taken a look back, now that I've had some time to uh, take a look back at uh, kind of what I went through in college, what I've learned, and um, you're going to, you know, I was taking a look at a lot of stuff, and I realized there's just a lot of physics that don't make sense to me. And I'm kind of approaching it from a different perspective before I kind of assumed I was misunderstanding a lot. And sure enough, everybody does, right? I mean, you, it's not like you go even a couple of years, four years, however long you want, and you know everything, right? I mean, you've got the whole graduate school programs, you've got years of research. And even, you know, PhDs who have years of research experience, they don't know everything either. But at the same time, I was kind of beating myself up a little bit too much intellectually. You know, I suffered from kind of this imposter syndrome kind of thing, you know, related to the brain stuff. And, you know, now that I'm clearing that out, I'm realizing that there's just a lot in physics that doesn't make sense, right? I mean, you've got things like relativity, which I didn't formally study, and I'm glad I didn't because there's just no intuition there. Um, but my kind of wheelhouse is the quantum physics stuff, and I felt that, for example, particle physics um, of the CERN variety has massively derailed, right? Um, something about quarks, for instance, that just, I don't know, if you ever take a look at the standard model, um, it's basically this giant, it's this, like, diagram you'll see of, of things in the quantum realm, um, all these particles that you know, physicists have discovered, 
or kind of discovered because they smash particles together at CERN and then they repeat experiments and they invalidate the existence of all these particles. And ultimately, you know, I just keep getting the impression that a lot of it's wrong, right? And that's not, that's not a groundbreaking revelation or anything. It's just, it feels like, especially physics in general, is stuck. Um, and this is kind of what I've, I was tapping into kind of intuitively, but not logically or kind of in my mind while I was in college, why something just didn't make sense. And I realized it's, there's sort of, um, there needs to be some sort of new physics um, because the community is stuck doing things like consciousness research. There's a whole bunch of general, like general relativity in particular with all kinds of models that, for example, don't properly explain black holes. And then in the quantum, in the quantum space, you know, here's the one thing that I have been fiddling around with. Um, and that is, you know, I'm sure people have heard of like quantum field theory. Um, but the one thing I realized was, you know, these quantum fields, obviously they exist. And, you know, I don't know if, how much of, you know, and, and you do what nuclear, you're, you know, you work with like nuclear technology, right, Daniel? Uh, I operate a nuclear plant. So. Oh, even better. So you understand like how all the electronic or a lot of the electronic stuff and like how the nuclear stuff uh, works, right? Sure, sure. Right, so, like basically just. Well, the thing is with like the electromagnetic field, for instance, um, we know that the uh, the field is what carries the energy, right? So, you, for example, it's a complicated thing to generate, like, a magnetic field to keep a nuclear reaction going. That's like in a fusion reactor, right? But the energy is carried in the field. And so one blind spot, I think, of the physics community, or one that hasn't been properly explored yet, is how these different fields store energy. Because we've come up with all kinds of quantum fields, and the math behind it is insane, and frankly, almost not worth looking into. Um, but it, to me, it's analogous. I mean, we know these fields carry energy, and I'm just interested in, well, how about these quantum fields? Do they have energy? And by analogy, I mean, it almost seems inevitable they do. So because of that, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just researching into different things that could generate a quantum field. Uh, you know, things like, I don't know, I was looking into, like, quartz crystals because those were um, those are kind of related to the experiments we used to do in uh, in the research I did at tech. Um, so we used crystals to generate a current, actually, a piezoelectric current. And so things like that. Anyway, the long story short is I personally think that there is energy in the quantum fields that people have discovered that has not been transformed into useful, usable technology yet, specifically for energy. And that's kind of what I want to get into in the future with physics is kind of energy, right? So, I mean, you, you work in a nuclear power plant, you operate it. 
And so obviously you're, you're very in the know of, of lots of nuclear energy. And, you know, I followed fusion for a lot, uh, a lot of years myself. I'm not as familiar with fission, but, um, you know, I just think we've got to get on that new energy bandwagon. We've got to expand the energy horizon for the future. And that's kind of, I mean, I just can't get it out of my head. Right. I mean, that is almost intrusively in my head, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, it's just, um, I feel like that's a very niche market too. Very few companies are working on that right now. Yeah. Yeah, what's your perspective as someone who works in nuclear, by the way, on kind of the state of energy? You know what I mean? Like alternative, fossil fuels, just in general? No. Um, uh, Well, what what exactly are you asking? Like, just your thoughts. I mean, first thing that comes to mind. Well, I just, I'm, I'm cautious. I'm wondering what the premise is. Um, well, I mean, I'm just looking toward, you know, and, and you mentioned earlier when we started the podcast, like the future of, you know, what's coming. And I, you know, you're asking about me and John Roberts, but I'm talking about like our society, right? Cause we we're in the midst of this green energy stuff going on. We've got this, um, pressing, Concerned about climate change, et cetera. And yeah, I, so good. Oh, I hate to pull the politics card, but a lot of it is going to rely on policy, right? Yeah. So, uh, what's allowed to be by, you know, I think nuclear will always stick around. Well, I should say, you know, for the foreseeable future, mm-hmm. just because of the, um, power it provides. Or I guess power capacity, maybe. You know, it, it produces so much power in in, in uh, compared to to other renewables that you kind of need that, and it and it's consistent power, right? It's always on, pretty much. Right. So so it, it, it ideally it stays around as we replace fossil fuels with with other forms of energy, but um, you know, and, and I'll, I'll kind of take the. Uh, the easy way out here, but a, a balanced profile is probably ideal. You know, some kind of mix of everything. I think so too. Um, what I think, what I'm interested in is like, you know, as I, when I was a kid, I came up with all kinds of these like ideas for energy. Um, I was thinking like geomagnetic stuff. So using like anything from like flowing lava, which, you know, there's a lot of ionized particles in lava. So that is literally a flowing current, um, and that can generate a kind of geomagnetic source of energy. There's things like geothermal. Um, one of the more esoteric ideas I've had was um, something, you know, flying some stuff in the sky to uh, exploit the ionosphere and things like that. That's See, all of that to me is because we're all kind of – here's the box we're in, Daniel. We're in the electricity box. At the end of the day, our technology right now is we have to generate some sort of energy source and convert it to electricity with electrons. And I'm wondering if there's a way to utilize, let's say, the quantum field and the way we use the electric field, right, to directly use the energy from the quantum field. 
And so that's kind of what I'm thinking about now. And, you know, I know, a no, I know a number of people, a number of physicists have thought about this, a number of even lay people have thought about this. And it just seems like a whole bunch of ideas. And like you said, you know, it's the funding, it's the politics, it's the current civilizational structure. I mean, there's no real market right now for, um, you know, for that kind of stuff. It's just not like you need to deliver a, a prototype or something tangible, right? And so that's kind of what I want to, what I want to go on is, is ultimately I believe we can escape the electricity box. And, um, that's kind of, I guess a more imaginative thing, but that's kind of, you know, my end game later in life really is I want to kind of figure that out because like I said, I think we're just stuck and it, it feels frustrating. Um, it feels like we should have, you know, a more sustainable, but more powerful source of energy that's you know, right available right on the earth. And I just think there's something missing either from the physics or like you said, from the policy, certainly um, that I, I kind of just want to work on. So that that's kind of my thoughts on it. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, a couple questions then in the, well, I guess it's one question. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion on small modular reactors? Small modular reactors. I like the idea. Um, I think, Basically, I mean, ultimately, we're looking for similar things like batteries, right? We're looking for, oh, oh, uh, do we, do we have a little glitch there? No, no, okay. Oh, sorry. I thought, I thought that was a little glitch. Sorry. That was actually, uh, John Roberts. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> the glitch. Anyway. So, like, like small modular reactors, I like the idea. Um, for example, that's useful for spacecraft, um, and I think that's going to be necessary. Have you ever played the game Mass Effect or heard of the Mass Effect series? Uh, I'll say I heard of it, but I have no idea what it is. Oh, it's just it's just a game about uh, spaceships or, or game about spaceships. Jesus, it's a game about you know different galactic civilizations that kind of have to fight off this this threat, the galaxy or whatever, but you know, it always captivated me because the technology used in Mass Effect um, seems so achievable. Like, like you're talking about small modular reactors. I think that's crucial for, like, spacecraft. And I think that's also crucial for, like, localizing power. You know what I mean? Like, right now we have a centralized power grid, and it's ancient. It's kept alive on, I mean, you know, all kinds of engineers have shown me pictures of, the the human ingenuity required to uh, maintain the power grid. And I'm sure you're familiar. Um, but I'm sorry, let me return to the, I'm kind of all over the place, but the, I like the idea of a small modular reactor. I'm also interested in batteries, you know, in terms of storing the energy of generating the energy in a small way. I think there has to be a way to miniaturize it, right? We've miniaturized everything from compute, like the computer, for instance, was a huge miniaturization effort. Right now, we have these gargantuan reactors. We have this complex of reactors. Um, for example, like the, uh, you know, not Chernobyl, but I mean, hell, the one you worked at. These are huge plants, right? And 
I think there, it just has to be the case that you can miniaturize that. And like you said, it's the funding, it's the, it's the kind of bullshit in the way, um, that, uh, kind of prevents that from coming to fruition. But I mean, I totally believe that's possible. And I think that's a very good thing for distributing power to, uh, power to everybody. I, I don't know. Maybe I kind of, I don't know how much you've lurked into like Nikola Tesla. Um, he's kind of a, he's kind of infamous in some respects, but you know, he had all these, these ideas back in the 1800s. And, you know, I, I think I share, I think every physicist in some sense believes a little bit in Tesla, even if they're cynical, um, in what, what is possible, right? Energetically speaking. And so I, I think honestly, we'll live to see it. I think we have to expand. Like I said, we're just stuck and it's again, all you, all you mentioned, but I think it is necessary to kind of distribute. You know, so I, I'm, I believe it's possible. I, it's just, it requires technology to miniaturize and that takes time. Yeah, yeah. I think the first one just got commissioned. Is that right? Oh, really? The first SMR? Don't quote me on this. This is not, this could be fake news. Okay, don't. Stop, stop rolling the cameras. Um, <laughs> but I think the first one, um, and then what about molten salt reactors? I kind of just. Oh, yes. I was, I, I always looked into that, um, because my, that was my favorite arguments like 10 years ago, it was like, people were like, oh, well, nuclear is so poisonous and toxic. And I'm like, well, you can use thorium reactors, right? You can use molten salt. And people are like, you can't build that. It's not economically feasible. I'm like, do you care? I mean, that's been, that is my argument at this point is if these prototypes exist and if you take things like climate change and the industry, you know, kind of energy crisis that you say, seriously, you'll fucking build the thing, right? You will find way to marshal resources to build it. They're not serious about it, right? Politically speaking, that's the funding bullshit. But yeah, so I think molten salt reactors are an improvement on the fission. Um, I am interested in fusion, right? It's not that I think we can dismiss fusion. I'm sorry, fission. Um, it's just I think that can be a nice stepping stone to fusion in the future. Um all that nonsense about like 50 years away perpetually. I, I just don't believe, I mean, I've seen, we have like, for instance, um, I, I was reading some of the research and they're using like deep learning um, simulation of some kind, some sort of deep learning model to actually control parameters in the like fusion reactor core um, for certain, uh, maybe it's in France or somewhere. Um, but I, I heard that kind of, that was like last year. So I, I think it's coming and I think, you know, molten salt, you know, you can definitely go, go with that. I think it's certainly an improvement over having the uranium shit to discard. Um, of course there's ways to recycle that too. So anything kind of to expand the horizons here, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with nuclear is I'm willing to try it all. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 can, I, I can definitely see some. Did you see the, uh, I don't know if we talked about this, on Netflix, there's a Three Mile Island, I think it is, uh, 
Oh, yeah. Did you see that? I didn't. I The only one I've seen is the Chernobyl series, which, to be fair, was a pretty good uh, drama. Yeah, but yeah. this one's this one's more of a documentary. It's a documentary, documentary. Yeah. but or it's a series. I guess I think it's like three episodes. But um, it 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 can be frustrating for someone who like you, you have to kind of. It has a very specific audience, I guess. Right. It, it it very much is interviews of people in the neighborhood who didn't know what was going on. Oh yeah. Like that's most of the series is just like frantic people interviewed. Like I didn't know what was going on and I was scared. It's like if that's what you're looking for, then I guess it's a good series. But if like right, if you're looking for the science of what happened, they don't really cover any of that. If you're looking from like a nuclear perspective, they don't really cover any of that. Like I know several of my coworkers are pretty frustrated by it. Like it can make it can make some. I could see I could make people very upset because it's very anti-nuclear. Right. Uh, and it really is all uh, emotion of people who didn't know what was going on. So, like, what well, was the point, I guess? But, I, yeah, again, the point was, like, you know, if you want to uh, well, create hysteria about it, it, it's a great selling point, <laughs> I would say. i tell you what. Anti-nuclear propaganda, and I'll call it that, pisses me off on a very, very deep level. Because it's fear. That's what it is. It's fear. And if you look at Chernobyl, if you look at Three Mile Island, what do you find every time? You find people who were not properly educated, did not know what they were doing, or in the case of the Soviets with Chernobyl, um, I mean, you've got so little fucking support and so little, you know, it's so flippant with technology that can nuke your, I mean, fuck, you drop the goddamn bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, you know what that technology does. It was error, and it was utilized by people through fear, right? I do not like, you know, and I get it, you know. Ultimately, I I tell you this, though, I'd rather blame the government in terms of, you know, all Three Mile Island. Everyone is instructed basically through these documentaries, through these series, and you'll see in the schools, too. This is what happened. Everyone suffered around, and they did, and that was inexcusable. But that's not the fucking technology's fault. That is the government. That is the lack of proper education. That is the lack of, you know, everything going on with the damn technology. And especially in the 1970s, you know, only been around what, you know, they tried early primitive reactors in the 50s. But by then, I don't know. See, I just think it was a step back. You know, I think it was an excuse, especially for like the fucking fossil fuel industry, which funds the government, by the way, which I mean, look at what the government has done in places like fucking East Palestine. Right. So I think ultimately it's just a whole bunch of anti-nuclear propaganda. I think it's fear that has to be overcome because that is a technology to liberate us, not to kill people. You know, I think that's a lot with technology in general is people are so afraid that, you know, oh, you know, this technology is going to, like, nuke, you know, not in my backyard, right? It's going to nuke your fucking, you know, they're going to put a nuke plant next to you. You're going to poison, you're going to poison their surrounding community for years. It's just not how it is. 
right? And you know that better than anybody you operate the damn plant. So I I don't hold those kinds of, you know, expo- and frankly, I think it's exploitative as well because it's like, look at the, look at all the human suffering. Now, who do we blame? Certainly not the fucking state that led to that shit. Let's blame the fucking technology. And by the way, sponsored by BP or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's. I, I try to not get too involved in it. You know, I'll see discussions online about it or whatever so it comes up. But like, in, in some aspect, you're not going to convince them. You know, there's just not really a way to convince them otherwise. If you, if you believe that, it's hard to change people's opinions. Well, I think it, seeing is believing in some sense. And I think it is inevitable, right? I mean, people, the masses and people can be kept in fear for a while, but there are people, you know, there's some mavericks out there who are going to do it. If for no other reason than say people are like, you know what? You're telling me, no, fuck you. I'm going to try it anyway. Right. Even if it kills me. So I think those people are going to be the people to bring this technology here. And once people see, oh shit, it's 2023 or 2025 or whenever it comes, um, this technology is very good. You know, this is not to kill people. You know, it, it, it's kind of like the whole the whole gun debate, right? It's like, you know, who kills the people? It's the guns that kill people. No, it's the people using a gun to kill another, you know, to kill other people, right? You got to stop blaming the tool after a while and look deeper. And that's the case with the tool, with the technology, is we got to stop being afraid because it's not as bad as people are led to think. Yeah, I think people don't realize, like, it takes, like, you know, especially with Chernobyl, like, those are people that, like, just got hired that were running the reactor. It takes years now to be able to run a nuclear reactor, like, to get the, to do go through training and all that. Yeah. But it, it, there's a lot that goes involved. It's super regulated. There's tons of outside organizations and other things um, that, that are put in place to keep it safe. So, um Right. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know what else they want. They want us to do. Kind of. It's the fossil fuel bullshit. So I'm telling you, the uh, the funding mm-hmm. apparatus, especially for the state, is in real deep and has been for hundreds of years. We're going back to the Gilded Age. Fuck, even maybe in the Civil War, right? Well, probably more more right after the Civil War. You know, that's uh, Gilded Age kind of stuff. But that's old, old dark money, right? And now. You know, the whole the whole world, in some sense, runs on fossil fuel, right? I mean, you use fossil fuel to extract your solar resources, right? All the all the machinery used to extract the various elements like thorium for batteries and things like that. Um, those are run on fossil fuel, right? The econ the entire supply chain is fossil fuel. The world is still burning fossil fuel. For its power. That requires a lot of displacement, but that's a whole lot of inertia that is built up over time. And certainly with the, you know, the, the state is completely compromised by that, by that money, right? So there is an incentive to keep things like nuclear in a box, for instance. Um, and that is 
part of why you see these propaganda things pop up. And it is infuriating. But it's understandable how it got there. So all that has to happen is a few daring individuals to bring this shit in. And people will understand that they are more powerful than this, right? That there is no reason to be shackled by fear. That, you know, we need to overthrow the goddamn fossil fuel paradigm, not just for the climate, right? We're talking, you know, space. How the hell are we going to get serious spacefaring technology with fossil fuel or not? So we have to think outside the box. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The, you know, the, the technology has always evolved, so there's right. a pushback when there's new technology. Because yeah. people change in general. But, uh, yeah, I think it's probably for the better. Uh, it'll all work out in the end. Somehow, for some reason, it always does. So I'm not too worried. Hmm. Uh, anything else you wanted to cover? To, on today's episode? Uh, I think that's about it. Um, in terms of, I mean, unless you want to go somewhere, you know. No, I, know. I think. Your destination in mind. Yeah, I think energy is one of my passions, so I can talk for hours on various things about it, but, you know, best to keep it short. Yeah, yeah. obviously, I, I'm deep in energy right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's it's a fun career, even just making energy. Yeah, sort of. A, you get to feel important, even if no one else thinks you are. Right. Yeah. So. All right. Thanks for coming on, Chase. All right. Thank you.